Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. <sighs> welcome to the weekly vlog in coronavirus land. So um, yeah, first of all, I just want to start off by saying I am with you. Like if you're feeling like some moments you're okay and some moments you're not, I am with you. If you're feeling like, you know, pretty good sometimes, and then other moments just just reeling from the enormity of this, I am with you. Um, if, you know, you're wondering how you're handling your food right now and thinking about that a little bit, I'm with you. Oh, if you're feeling like it's all just a lot, I'm with you. So I wanted to shoot this vlog this week on the topic of three mental strategies that are feeling really helpful for me right now. Because, you know, what I'm noticing is when I feel like I'm not okay, it's because of my mind, right? It's not because I'm like engulfed in flames or, you know, that there's some kind of like, you know, physical um, catastrophe happening to me. Um, I haven't been diagnosed with coronavirus, knock on wood. And it's my mind, right? My mind is the amplifier of all that could feel unhelpful right now. So I just wanted to share with you um, what I'm thinking about in terms of cognitive strategies that I'm using to rein my mind in. So uh, for the first one, I wanna start off with a story. Um, I wanna bring you back to um, the time in my life when addiction, addiction was most rampant in my life. Uh, we're talking about right around my 14th birthday when I started using drugs through just past my 20th birthday, six years later when I stopped using drugs. Um, and the story goes like this. It's the story of a lost little girl, um, in a teenage girl's body who, um, kept like building up a life structure. What I would do is I would build up a life structure very akin to a house of cards, right? Where you put two cards together and then you put two more cards together and two more cards together and you build like a layer of cards, right? And then if you're gonna build a real house of cards, like a, like a swanky house of cards, you start building a second layer, right? And up and up and up you go. Well, this little girl, <laughs> Um, through those years of addiction, never built a second layer of cards. What I would do is I would just start building cards, like, for example, going to high school. And, you know, there were stretches of high school where I would do okay. Now, I went to three different high schools. <sighs> I switched high schools mid-freshman year, mid-sophomore year, went to a third school, and then dropped out. Um, and... So what I would do is I would build up a little house of cards and then I would tear it all down, tear it all down. I don't know why I would get spooked about the increased responsibility. Um, my rebel part would come out and I would just go out and party. And um, but here's the thing. I suffer from the disease of addiction. And one way to look at the disease of addiction is it's a condition where um, certain specific actions have ridiculously outsized negative consequences, right? Like this one bite of food then leads to, you know, gaining back a hundred pounds or 
whatever it is, right? Fill in the gap, you know, a, a massive binge followed by horrific depression, followed by more binges, followed by vomiting, followed by whatever. I mean, fill in the blank, right? Or uh, one bite off plan leads to um, days, weeks, months of, you know, escalating sugar consumption off to the races again. You see what I'm saying? So um, I suffer from the disease of addiction. So I didn't know that um, after I'd been clean for a little bit, because I would clean up during that stretch of six years, I wasn't using drugs continuously. I would use for a bit and then my life would get um, crazy out of control. I'd wind up in jail or um, whatever. My life would be horrible. And then I would stop. And then I would pick up a beer at some point. It always started with a beer for me. And then the beer would lead to tequila, would lead to cocaine, would lead to, and then I'd be in jail again. And I'd be like, what happened? How did that happen? Um, and I wouldn't realize that the, um, that the cocaine and the jail time here was related, you know, in August was related to the beer that I had in March. I would never put those two together, but I'd get out of jail and I would get my life back together. And then I would build that first layer of, ca layer of cards until I had the first layer of, of cards built. And then I would freak and I would swipe it clean and I would, um, demolish my life again. And then everyone would, you know, need to lean in. My mom, my dad, you know, my grandma, everyone who loved me would lean in. And what's wrong with Susan? How can we help Susan? We need to get her back on her feet. And um, I would start to build the first layer of cards again. I never as a teenager built a second layer of cards. And here we come to the first mental strategy. When things are tough, when it's feeling scary, when you're barely feeling up to the task at hand, when resources are feeling low and anxiety is feeling high, the mental strategy is give yourself permission to take yourself off the hook for any and all forward progress. It's just not the time to make gains in life. And instead, focus on shoring up against any backsliding, like Pay closer attention to avoiding that one little action that has the huge outsized consequences, right? So to put this in concrete terms right now, for me, what I'm thinking is don't eat off your plan and don't smoke a cigarette. Don't eat off your plan and don't smoke a cigarette. <laughs> That's my job right now. Don't eat off my plan and don't smoke a cigarette. Um, what can happen um, if you're trying like, like during normal times to like make progress is, um, you can find yourself in a, uh, moment of, um, weakened resources, taking that little action and, and, and now you're facing the huge outsized consequences and backsliding. You'd be better off letting yourself binge watch five hours of Netflix, honestly. Right. I was talking this morning with someone um, who doesn't eat sugar, doesn't eat flour, weighs and measures his food, eats three meals a day. Uh, he's been doing this for 10 years. He's keeping off 100 pounds. And he was sharing with some, you know, twinge of shame in his voice. Like, yeah, I didn't have a good day yesterday. Like I binged watch five hours of Netflix. And I was like, dude, let yourself do that right now. Like, don't call that a loss. You know, you stuck to your food plan yesterday. That's a win. Right. That's a win. Like. Just put up the hard and fast, solid 
wall of resistance against whatever it is, whatever your sort of rock bottom, I'm just not going to take that action, the one that would lead to huge outsized consequences, and give yourself permission to be human on the rest. Need to sleep in? Cool in the gang. Time to go back to bed at two o'clock in the afternoon? Maybe that's exactly where you need to be, you know? Um, not making any phone calls today because you feel like a hot mess and just don't want to expose anyone to your insanity, you know, okay, don't. Just don't take that little action that would result in the huge consequences. Just hold. Don't make forward progress. Just hold. Okay, that's the first mental strategy. Huge permission to be human. Just hold. No forward progress is fine. Okay, the second strategy is... Um, Psychologists have long noticed, positive psychologists in particular, that there's a strong correlation between the uh, well-being and happiness that someone has in their state of mind and the ratio of their focus on things they can control versus things that are outside of their control. I'll just put this in really concrete terms for you. You're happier if you avoid the news to some degree, right? You're happier if you spend way more time focusing on the things that are within your control. The food you put in your mouth, what time you go to bed at night, um, the connections you're making with the people you love in your life, um, you know, deciding to plant a garden, you know, on and on and on, right? Those are things you can control. Vacuuming your bedroom cleaning your tub, whatever, right? All that is stuff within your control. Building a home gym because you can't go to the gym, whatever it is, right? Like cans of whatever, right? Um, versus things that are going on in the world. Oh, I don't know what that might be <laughs> that are outside your control, right? And right now this is tricky, right? This isn't um, news to you, right? Like, I'm sure most of us are noticing how much we're pulled in to various um, news outlets or whatever. Um, and most of us, I think, are already thinking about, well, how can I manage that a little bit, right? There's all kinds of great strategies. Um, I have long been in the habit of retiring my cell phone um, a couple hours usually before I go to bed um, downstairs, like in a whole different room on a whole different floor of the house from where I go to sleep. I sleep upstairs. I retire my phone downstairs. I plug it in down there. Um, a couple times in the last couple weeks, I've noticed myself in bed with my cell phone still scrolling through, you know, news and Facebook and stuff like that. And I realized, oh, here I am again. This is a bad habit. I know. No, that phone's got to be retired downstairs. So just little things like that. I was coaching a Bright Lifer on our Bright Lifer's coaching call on Saturday. Um, and she was in a pattern of eating, always at dinner, I believe. And we did some troubleshooting and we noticed that this last Saturday she was on a, she was like doing well. And then she ate at dinner, but she was watching the news during dinner. And we realized, oh yeah. Don't be watching the news during a meal. Like turn off all media, don't be reading, just sit and eat your meal. So anyway, just think about the ratio of focus on things you can control versus things you can't control 
And just think about shifting that ratio more and more and more toward things you can control. That's the second strategy. The third one is not rocket science either. I'm sure it's dawned on you already, but um, I was surprised recently um, on an, a, an off day. I was having a bad day, <laughs> um, sort of like ah, kind of day. And I was surprised how uh, I thought of the strategy and it felt, it felt impossible to implement in that whacked out state of mind that I was in. The strategy is just really, really remembering we are going to get through this one day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. And I find that the more I pull my mind in to this day, the saner and more peaceful and more hopeful I feel. This day feels pretty manageable. I'm going to finish shooting this vlog. I'm going to do a quick workout. My shoulders are ooh, needing me to do a quick workout. I'm going to hop on Zoom for a program delivery work meeting. I'm going to emerge from that and have dinner with my family. My kids will probably beg me to take baths with them and I will probably acquiesce. We might start the third book in the Chronicles of Narnia series. I'm going to write in my five-year journal. I'm going to do my nightly checklist. I'm going to read my Rumi meditation reader. I'm going to go to bed. That's my day. It's manageable. And, you know, all of the future pressures, how am I going to homeschool three kids while trying to keep, you know, working my work life, which is ramped up, not down? You know, how am I going to keep 33 people on payroll? How am I going to, you know, am I going to offer a course or not offer a course? If so, what course? Um, you know, how long is this going to last? Blah, blah, you know, am I going to get coronavirus? Do, do I care? Do I want to just get it and get it over with? Blah, 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 blah. All that is not today. None of that is today. And I'm sure everybody's got their own version of those worries, concerns, considerations that are not happening today. And the landscape is shifting so rapidly that I got to say, the value of um, thinking ahead <laughs> is getting less and less because the landscape changes so fast, right? Like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this in a week. We'll see, right? I mean, a week could be a whole different universe. Uh, and the one day at a time philosophy does not um, forbid or rule out any thinking of the past or the future. That's not it. Because uh, a sane, um, wise person believes in personal growth and is willing to look at their past to some degree. They don't shut the door on their past. They're willing to look at their past and especially with an eye to looking at where they blew it and where they might need to make amends, right? Um, or lessons they might need to learn. And the wise, sane person looks ahead to plan, you know, yeah, start that 401k. You will need to retire at some point or whatever the version is in your country. Um, yeah, the wise, sane person looks ahead. Um, if you want to take a vacation at some point, well, you got to book that sooner than the day you're leaving. <laughs> 
Um, but it's really, again, it's a ratio thing, right? It's a, I'm, it's a, it's just a, an awareness that pulling my thinking back to today increases my feeling of well-being almost immediately, right? It's really a ratio thing. If I'm spending too much time thinking about the future, I am way less likely to feel grounded and sane and well and happy. We will get through this together, one day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. And for your days where you possibly have time on your hands that you normally wouldn't have, maybe not, maybe you're like me and you, you know, this, this whole coronavirus thing made you more busy. Um, but if you have time on your hands, we have, or you need support, um, we have created a resources page. So the idea here is that you can just bookmark it. So you don't have to be afraid of missing anything. For example, I'm hopping on Facebook Live regularly, several times a week to connect with people, to answer questions, to just sync up in the community. But maybe you don't know where to find those. You find them on the Bright Line Eating Facebook page, not, not any group, just the Bright Line Eating Facebook page. So you just type in Bright Line Eating into Facebook and then ignore anything that's a group. Just look for the Bright Line Eating page. Um, and there are notices that go up letting you know when the next Facebook Live is happening. But what about all the ones I've already done, which is like a bunch? Um, I have answered just about every question related to food um, during this um, emergency time um, that I can imagine. I know because I keep asking, answering the same questions over and over again. Like people are having the same sort of suite of concerns. If you're looking for answers for those things, we've created a resource page so that you have access to the Facebook Lives that I've done so that um, we can post for you some um, science webinars that I've done in the past that just have, a, you know, if you love the Bright Line Eating Science, if that's one of the reasons you stick around here is when I get all professorial and start explaining psychology or neuroscience or whatever that you love that, well, we've got um, some of that on there, um, little videos. We're going to be adding more things to it on a regular basis. And the idea is you can just bookmark this page. So if you're looking for some connection, some love, support, um, some information, um, you can check the Bright Line Eating Resources page and feel connected and see what we're putting out there to support you and love you through this time. So there is a link to the Bright Line Eating Resources page just down below. I suggest you bookmark it so that you can just click that bookmark every day and just check in. We'll be posting new things regularly. Um, we are also um, open for suggestions about what kind of resources would feel helpful. If you have suggestions for us, go to Brightline Eating, uh, sorry, the support page, support.brightlineeating.com, support.brightlineeating.com, and um, just scroll to the bottom and click that you need help and submit a ticket and just let us know that um, you have a suggestion for our resources page. Let us know what would be helpful. We're here to serve you. My team um, and I are holding emergency meetings all the time about how we can serve you. So we are here for you. 
click below for our resources page, bookmark it, and <sighs> this vlog is dedicated to your and my and everyone's mental health. You know, may we continue to focus on the thoughts and the beliefs and the perspectives that serve us and will support us well through this time, this extraordinary historical time that we are all living through. And I wanna just end by thanking you for how much you buoy me up and how grateful I feel for you in my life. This community is just a lifesaver. Every time I go live on Facebook, I am so lifted up by your love and your care and your concern and how brilliantly so many of you are leaning into your bright lines through this time, how brilliantly you're supporting each other. If your food's off, you know, I just want you to know I love you. There is not one way to get through this. We're all just doing the best we can. I love you. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.